0: We just got to let our choir know one more time, wasn't that good? Man. I told Pastor Jeremy, it doesn't matter how I preach today after that song, you're going to go away blessed today. Good word, good word. He still saves, and uh, we just thank God for, um, for that truth, that truth. You know, the Bible says uh, this world's going to be shaken, and we've seen that this week, haven't we? The world is going to be shaken, and the Bible says what cannot stand will fall, but what uh, will stand is the Word of God. The Word of God will stand no matter what kind of shaking happens, the Word of God will stand. So I hope your feet are planted there today, because in that book it tells us, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Amen. I just thank God um, that our church believes that. And that we preach that. If you don't know him, I want you to know him. I want you to come to know him. Uh, Some of you um, have been running from God. And it's time to stop running. You've been interested. You've had questions. And you've come to church. And maybe you've been to other churches. And maybe you've been hurt along the way uh, by people who claim to be Christians. But that's no excuse. That's no excuse. Every one of us have have been heard and every one of us have gone through things we didn't deserve. But if you use that as an excuse and you think it's a good one, then on the last day you will find out that it is not an excuse or a reason. He wants you to put your eyes on him. Not a church, not a pastor, not a denomination. Put your eyes on Jesus and the people said, Amen. amen. I was told this morning that we are averaging about 80 people online every Sunday. So can we just let our online audience know? We're glad that you are watching. And some of you are watching because you're in other parts of the country. Some of you are watching because maybe you didn't feel well this morning. And some of you are watching because you forgot to turn your clocks up an hour. So whatever reason you're watching, we're glad uh, to have you, and uh, thank you so much for being a part of our service today. Um, We ran the Extreme Faith uh, promo, a sermon promo video, because we're going to talk about faith today. Now, our sermon series on faith is over, but what we're going to talk about today is practicing faith, practicing extreme faith faith, as we look at the future of our church and, and what God is, is leading us to do and what we believe God is calling us to do. And so I uh, want you just listen very carefully today, and, and we've got a little clip we're going to show you. We've got some information we want to give you today and ask you to just begin to pray about it as a member of our church family. Let me go back, for some of you who don't know, and just tell you a little bit of the Whitley story, Okay. Um, Millie and I were in Cary, North Carolina, and we were pastoring a church there, and our boys were little, and, um, we had been there for about four years, and we just kind of felt like our time was over, uh, at that church, and, uh, we had had good success there. We had gone from about 85 in attendance to about 280, and we had gone to two services there, uh, in, in Cary, and, um, We just kind of felt like uh, God was calling us somewhere else. We weren't sure where that was. And Whitley Church uh, was uh, my home church. Before I went to Cary to be a pastor, I was an evangelist. And Millie and I traveled all over the eastern part of the country uh, preaching revival meetings and Millie would sing and I would preach and that's how it ought to be uh, because nobody wants me singing. (laughs) However, you are going to hear me on a music video today, so I want you to brace yourself. Um, so um, we, just, uh, we just felt like God wanted us to, um, to stop being an evangelist and start pastoring a church because our boys, I was having to be away from home a whole lot and without them, and I didn't like that at all. So uh, we went to carry pastored four years, and, and then felt our time was over, and so My home church, when I was an evangelist, when I was traveling around the country, my home church was this church, Whitley Church. Now, the church was across the road over here, the Little Brick Church. Uh, When you drive in and turn on Whitley Church Road, there's a Little Brick Church over on your right. And that's where the church was when I came here. And uh, so I left a dying community in Cary and came to the thriving metropolis of Princeton. And uh, my pastor buddies came up to me and uh, I remember it was, a, it was a denominational gathering, and they were announcing where pastors were going. It was that time of the year when pastors changed churches, and I had some of my buddies come up to me and just look at me and didn't say anything, like, what are you doing? And um, I just felt God leading, and so uh, Whitley Church decided they would have me. It's often hard to come back home, you know, because they know you so well. And so, uh, Millie and I graduated from high school right down the road here at Charles B. Acock. Charles B. Acock High School. And, um, and so, we're home. Uh, Millie's family is right down the road. And my family's right down the road. And uh, we came here, and God just started blessing us. When I, when I arrived on Father's Day of 1990, uh, the church was averaging 69 people. And I remember meeting with the key leaders in in that little church over there on a Saturday, I believe it was, a Saturday afternoon. And we talked about what God was going to do here. And my vision was 500 people. And I remember standing there that day and telling them we were going to have 500 people in Whitley Church. And I remember them looking at me, and this is a southern uh, thing here, but they looked at me like a calf looking at a new gate. Does anybody know? Everybody ever heard that? Can't ever get a little calf to walk through the new gate. And they weren't sure we were going to go through that gate. Uh, you Yankees will get that later. We have a little class for y'all to take. <laughs> um, and so, and so um, the church was ready to go. They were ready to turn things around. The church had been under the leadership of Leland Eatman, who was like a daddy to me and who opened many doors for me and helped me in many, many ways. Um... Leland Eatman had been the pastor of Whitley when I was an evangelist, and and when the church was my home church, we would go to church at Whitley when we were not preaching somewhere. And uh, he was just a real father to me. He's in heaven now. But uh, they just rolled out the red carpet. Whitley was just a loving, loving church. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to come to Whitley is because I knew that. I knew that they were loving people, and that they loved everybody, and it didn't matter who the person was, where they were financially, what color their skin was. They didn't care about any of that. They just loved people. And I love that about that church. And uh, so I, um, I, I came, and uh, I, the thing I was telling you, I'm, I'm trying to make this flow here. Uh, when Leland Eatman was the pastor, the church had actually gotten up to about 160 people. And uh, then when he left, the church kind of um, kind of went down and uh, so I came, and everybody wanted the church to grow, and they were ready to move forward, and they wanted the church to be healthier, and, and uh, the church was uh, suffering uh, financially. It was suffering attendance-wise. I was ready for a challenge like that, and so they pretty much said, Pastor, come in and lead us, and if you'll lead us and stay on your knees in prayer, and you'll follow God, we'll follow you. So they said, what do you, what do you think we ought to do first to get our church turned around? And I said, children. Amen? Amen. Children. And so we focused on uh, beefing up our children's ministry. And we started this little ministry called Royal Rangers. You ever heard of Royal Rangers? And we started a ministry called Missionettes. It's now called Impact Girls Club. And we started that on Wednesday nights. And we started a teen ministry. And we just, uh, you know, as much as we knew how back then with the knowledge we had, we just got really creative and 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 just kind of blew it out. And and all of a sudden, in about 90 days, we were having 130 on Sunday morning. And I don't know if y'all added that up, but that's more than 100 percent increase right there. Pretty close. Well, not quite. Anyway, um, it's good growth. So then um, we knew. This is what we knew. We knew if we could get kids happy. It didn't matter if mom and daddy were happy or not as long as the kids were happy. I mean, when you get in your car, if the kids are going, are we coming back here next week? Or they get up on Sunday morning and go, we're going back to that church. Or on Wednesday night, they go, i got to go to my class. i got to go to my class. How many of y'all hear that from your kids from time to time? uh, Time to time. And uh, um, so so that just kicked in. All of a sudden, um, the parents of those children who weren't in church, we started picking up kids and bringing them. And uh, the parents, we would have this awards night every quarter, and uh, uh, we would invite the parents to come, and oftentimes those parents didn't know the Lord, but they came. Boy, if you give your kid a, a badge or a certificate, mom and daddy's coming, and grandma and grandpa and aunt and uncle, and so, and so we would have these awards nights, and we would preach the gospel briefly at those messages, at those times, and... Um, People came to Jesus, and the church started growing. So in a little while, we were running 300 in that little church, and we were having two services, and the sanctuary only seated about 200. And so we were, we were realizing that we were getting maxed out, just totally maxed out. I don't think the sanctuary actually seated 200, more like 150, 175. And so um, we had people driving through the parking lot, leaving. We had people coming in, looking, nowhere to sit, leave. And uh, so we just were, man, we got to do something. So um, we went to the bank and we said, Man, we need to build a building and uh, we've got the drawings here and it's gonna cost a million dollars. How about loaning us a million (laughs) dollars? And they just laughed. They did. And they said, uh, You know, you guys are doing well right now, but you don't have a record long enough. Uh, you know, for us to loan you money. So uh, they wouldn't do it. And so we found out about something called a bond program. Anybody ever heard of a bond program? That's when you turn all your church congregation into salesmen, and they go around selling bonds at high interest rates. We had a bond that you could buy if you would hold it for 10 years that paid 14% interest. So we were having, and that's what happens, of course, when, when you don't have Uh, A strong credit background or a strong income background, then you usually have to pay a higher interest rate because it's riskier. So we went ahead and sold the bonds and we built this building. And we came into this building in about 1996, I believe. We started construction in 95, finished this building in 1996. And I got to tell y'all something, we had no idea how we're going to pay for this building. I, I remember us having deacons meetings and talking about it and And I could just tell the guys were going, man, I hope this is God. Oh, Pastor, I hope this is God. And then I'd go, do you believe this is God? And they'd go, yeah, I hope this is God. I hope this is God. (laughs) And uh, because I got to tell you, I got to tell you, uh, uh, based on the numbers and based on the figures that we had coming in at that time, I... It, it was going to take an act of God. It was going to take a miracle from God for us to be able to pay those bonds. But here's the wonderful thing. By doing a bond program, you've actually borrowed the money from your family and friends. So if you can't pay them, you just look at them and go, I'm sorry, I don't have the money. So, so we were good. You know, we knew that was going to be all right. We know nobody would get mad. And so, um, so the bond program went very well, and we were able to build this building uh, and we relocated to this property, of course. Um, leading a church through a relocation is not the easiest thing in the world, but we were able to do it. And what a great day it was um, when we moved here. And then, when we got in this building, it was big enough in here, but it wasn't big enough for our children's ministries. Our children's ministries and youth ministries were just booming. And I remember Jim Gilligan, do you all know Jim Gilligan? He's our executive administrator here at the church, and uh, and Jim um, came to me and said, Pastor, we got to have, we gotta have a, a Royal Ranger facility. I said, uh, I ain't real sure how we're going to pay for this one we just built. And you're talking about building something else. And that's when Jim's leadership skills became so evident. And of course, now he's on staff with us full time here at the church and has just led this church. Uh, and we'll show you some figures in just a minute since Jim has come on staff and some other staff members said, come on, we have just uh, gone to an H&L, and what is that? whole nother level, exactly. And so, um, so I said, well, Jim, I mean, what, what are we going to do? Uh, set up tents, because y'all are Royal Rangers. You know, so. And uh, he didn't like that idea. And so he said, we're going to build a building. And I, I got to tell you, I'm standing here today, and I still don't know how that building got built back there. I, I don't know where the money came from. And he built, that. A lot, of, a lot of you guys thought that was a little place we had that we were going to gather during the tribulation period, but, but that's, not, that's not, it's not a David Koresh kind of thing back there, you know. It's, it's a royal ranger fort, and uh, it's, a, it's a scouting ministry for boys, and we preach Jesus really strong back there. And uh, a lot of boys have come to Jesus. A lot of guys have not only come to Jesus through rangers, but have entered into full-time ministry because of royal rangers. And uh, amen, amen, we praise God for that. Andrew Price is one of our Royal Ranger boys that grew up, and now he is a full-time, full-time in the ministry, about to get married, and, and just a wonderful young man. And we have many other examples of that, but we built the Royal Ranger Fort, and um and so the church just continued to grow. The, the girls met over here in these classrooms. And uh, I look back on that, and I don't know how we did all that. I don't, but we made a way where there was no way, God, or God made a way where there was no way. And so then we said, well, we need another building. We need a, a building for our youth. And um, so we went back there and built the carpenter's house. And I, I honestly, that building, I think, was around four hundred dollars to $500,000 I'm telling you as I stand here before you today, that building is a miracle. It is a miracle that that, that building uh, was built. When we built that building, we couldn't afford it. When we built this building, we couldn't afford it. We've never hired a staff person we could afford, never. Every staff person we've brought on, we've said, well, I don't know how we are gonna pay you, but if you'll take the job, we'll, we'll give it to you. And uh, <laughs> And uh, they came on and, and, uh, and we've, never, um, we've never had to look back ever. And so I'm proud to tell you today, and I'll be giving you a figure in just a moment, but if you do the math, this building that we're in right now is totally paid for and the carpenter's house is totally paid for if you want to look at it like that. Well, then the girls came to us and they said, we have noticed something. We said, really? And they said, yes, yes, we have a little observation. We have noticed that the boys have a fort. And I was like, yeah. And we noticed that the teenagers have a building. So why she point. We want a building. And so we built the Impact Girls Club. And uh, that's a multi-purpose building, but primarily it is for Impact Girls Club and... um, for children's church, but we use it for other things as well. But those are the two main uses of that building. That building, um, everything, soft costs and everything, I think was somewhere in the neighborhood of probably around $800,000. And we built it and we have never looked back. And not only have we made every payment we've ever had to make, but we've paid extra every year. And um, I just thank God for that. So then I came to the deacon board And I said, I've got a great idea. I said, I just love the way Whitley Church does church. And I said, what if we went in Goldsboro and and started a a second location? I said, it's called multi-site. Have you ever seen a dog when you blow a real high-pitched whistle? You ever seen a dog? You know what they do? (laughs) All those deacons, it's just like I blew a real high-pitched whistle. All of them went... You know, like what are you talking about? And so for three years, for three years, we talked about multi-site, and we prayed about multi-site. And I, as I, there wasn't a book on it. There wasn't a. I, the only thing I could find was a little paragraph or something every once in a while on the internet about multi-site. And I would just, I would get it to the board, and we would look at it and read it. And and uh, I'll never forget when we went to the Barnyard Shopping Center in Goldsboro. And we met in that little corner. How many of y'all went to the old bridge, first bridge? And uh, I met with the deacon board that night, and they said, Pastor, we'll give you about $30,000, and we'll just see what we can do. And um, Pastor Jeremy's here. Pastor Jeremy, stand up and wave at everybody. Pastor Jeremy's our campus pastor at the bridge in Goldsboro. And uh, give it up for Pastor Jeremy. And right now today, we're averaging about 300 to 350 people at that location. And that's a miracle. And uh, then, we, then we went over um, and, uh, well, that, that place outgrew. We outgrew that place. And then we just uh, went over. We left uh, the barnyard shopping center. Y'all remember going to that shopping Chickens and goats and so barnyard shopping center. And then we, that's a joke. And then we went over to um, uh, Berkeley Junction. Uh, And now that's where we are, and um, uh, again, God is just blessing us greatly. Just a wonderful group of people there, a wonderful group of people. Then we said, hey, you know what, Uh, let's look at Smithfield, and let's go ahead and do something in Smithfield, so we kicked off in November, this past November, in Smithfield, once a month, uh, meetings there. They met this past Thursday night, had a wonderful service there. And uh, we're running into some some roadblocks there we didn't run into in Goldsboro. I will go ahead and tell you that you need to pray. If you believe in our vision and you believe in multi-site as a part of our vision, multi-site's not our vision, but it is a part of our vision. It's a part of our strategy to reach Wayne County and Johnston County. And so if you believe in that part of our vision, we need you to really pray about uh, the church in in Smithfield because we're running into some roadblocks there. They will not allow you in Smithfield to put a church in a, in a shopping center. And, and see, that would be, that's the most ideal situation because the rent right now because of the economy is real low and you can get a, you know, eight ten thousand 10,000 square foot uh, facility at a very reasonable rate, but they will not let us. We've already looked at a bunch of places that would be perfect, but they just won't let us use it for a church. We could use it for a business, but they won't let us use it for a church, so Let's just pray. Uh, some guy I heard last week said something about mustard seed and mountains. And do y'all remember that guy? The, you know, I mean, he could have just been yapping because he is a yapper. But I think that came right out of the Bible. Do y'all remember that coming out of the Bible? Do we believe that? Do we believe God can make a way in Smithfield? Do we believe God can open a door like He did for us in Goldsboro? And so, please be praying about that and. And uh, we appreciate Pastor Wes. I don't know if he's here, Pastor Wes, or is he in the building? Uh, he lost an hour last night. He has five little daughters. So is he here? Did I see him? Oh, I saw some hands back there. Okay. Uh, he might be asleep. But um, he might be here and be asleep. But anyway, <laughs> Pastor Wes probably be in the second service. So guys, um, you see this sign? Whitley Church has been here a bunch of times. We have been, we have come to this Y in the road. When we grew to 300 over here, we came to a Y in the road, and we could go to the left, and and the left kind of U-turns back, and you'd kind of go back where you were. Or you can just exit now, and just kind of go, you know, this is enough. This is good enough. Let's just exit, set up camp, And um, just be satisfied. Or we can choose the right way and keep going. Every single time that we have come to that Y in the road, this church, you didn't choose to go back. You didn't choose to exit. You chose to say, Pastor, I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know where the resources are gonna come from. But Pastor, in my heart of hearts, we gotta just press on. We just gotta go forward. I know I'm 54 years old, I know when I came I was 33. You're gonna see that today, just a minute. But I gotta tell y'all, I still feel 33. I know I don't look it, I know what you're thinking. I, And my body says, you ain't 33. But in my my mind, I am as fired up, I am as excited about the future of this church, more so than I have ever been since I have been here. And, And, you know, if I retire when I'm 65, I've got 11 more good years. 11 more good years. And who knows, when I get 65, I may, I may still have it. You, you never know, because the Lord knows I got it now, brother. Let me tell you. Still got it. Amen? <laughs> Amen, Sister Millie? All right. Um, <sighs> she's like, hmm. Um, so what I'm, what I'm saying today is that we're, we're at that we're right there at that Y in the road again. We're there again. We were there when we reached 300. We were there when we needed the fort. We were there when we needed the carpenter's house. We were there when we needed the impact building. We were there when we went multi-site. We could either turn around and go back. We could exit and say, this is good enough, or we could press on. And every single time you've said, let's go. Let's go take back what the enemy has stolen. Let's take more ground, pastor, more ground. Because i got to tell you something, when you're going and you got momentum and you're going uphill, you, it's hard to put it in neutral and stay where you are. Because when you put it in neutral, you start going back, amen? Every time. Every time. So let me just show you some attendance figures. Guys, if you'll put those attendance figures up there, uh, the graph for that. In 2006, can y'all see those numbers? 603. Uh, In 2007, uh, 637, we planted the bridge in November of 2007, and look what happened to our attendance. And and not only did the bridge grow, this church grew. I remember when I talked about multi-site, people said, Pastor, it's going to split our church. We're going to have a bunch of people who are going to go to Goldsboro, and it's going to split our church. Whitley's going to be... You know, they're going to want to go to the new church. It's going to look empty, and none of that happened. The bridge boomed, Whitley boomed, both places. So we went to 848. Um, I believe that's about the time uh, Jim and Jared Grantham kind of came on with us right in there, too. So, so business stuff was taken off of me so I could be the pastor and, and take care of the spiritual things. Jim took the business part of the church. i got to tell you, man— that was one of the biggest, most awesome, beautiful decisions this church has ever made. And Jared came in and took a music program that was already healthy and just took us to a HNL with our music. And, um, and so we went from 637 uh, to 848. We just continued to grow. We jumped another into the 1,000, over the 1,000 mark in 2009 at the end of 2010. Our average attendance for the whole year was uh, 1,406. And let me tell you that at December of last year, we were already averaging uh, that month over 1,500. And I'll guarantee you, uh, so far this year, we're averaging over 1,500, well over 1,500 in attendance for this year. And so I just wanted you to see those attendance figures. Now if we could go to the financial uh, figures. Uh, In 2006... You guys gave 877,000. 2007, um, you gave over 100,000 more that year. And then look at 2008, we went over the 1 million mark by almost $200,000. And then in 2009, you guys gave $1.4 million. And then in 2010, look at all those sevens up there. I believe God's in that, don't you? God loves sevens. Look at all those sevens. Matter of fact, God loves 12, too. So if we could put a two right after that one. (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) $1,770,700, that's what you guys gave last year. This year, I believe we will go over the $2 million mark this year. And... um, Guys, uh, y'all have just been awesome. You have uh, bought in. Those of you who are coming and you haven't quite bought in yet, this is the Sunday I'm asking you, if you believe this is the church God's called you to, and you don't have to join yet, I'm not, I don't pressure that, but if you could, if you could go ahead and, and get all in with your tithe and get all in with your service and giving. We ask for three things when you come to this church. We need your time. We need you to tithe your time, and we need your talent. Every one of you have a talent, and then we need your treasure. We need you to tithe your treasure. So those of you who have been looking and thinking and, you know, maybe that time is over, we're asking you to buy in. We're asking you to take ownership. As a matter of fact, we don't really care about membership that much. Membership means you have rights. Ownership means you have responsibility. And we're asking you to become owners of the vision. Owners of the future. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You, you couldn't run me off with a big stick. I'm here to stay. I'm living in the last house I hope I ever live in. And I'm trying to kick two boys out just as hard as I can. <laughs> and and so so I'm here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. And, uh, and, and I just want to let you know that. And, guys, we can do this. We can do this thing. Now, are y'all ready for the clip? Y'all ready? Now... I'm looking good in this, okay? And uh, you know, I keep telling y'all, there was a time when I had a 33 inch waistline and a head full of hair, you're about to see it. And what you're gonna see here, Mitch called me and said, Dad, look at this. He said, i will gonna make you a video for this weekend. And uh, he showed me that and I said, I ain't showing that in the church. And uh, then I decided it would be a good idea. So this is gonna kinda show you where we were and where we are today. And you're probably gonna see yourself in there somewhere, maybe um let me tell you what the setting of the first thing you're going to see is we're back we're over here at this church across the street we're having that quarterly royal ranger missionette um night where we give the badges to the kids you know mom and dad are there and grandma and grandpa's there and i'm leading praise and worship so don't run don't leave watch this clip right here it's really cool Amen. I want to thank Miss Minnie Williford. Miss Minnie, um, we've uh, introduced her many times as the Queen of Whitley. She is the one who um, provided us with that early footage there. So thank you, Miss Minnie. Um, Guys, let me just share a little bit of scripture with you and then I'm done. Uh, There's a story in the Bible and it ought to be a movie. I wish... uh, Somebody like Spielberg or somebody get hold of this uh, chapter in the Bible and make a movie because it would be awesome. Uh, The city of Samaria, God's people, um, beautiful city, surrounded by the enemy. What the enemy would do, one of the tactics that they would use in battle is they would circle the city and cut off commerce in and out of the city, wait for the people to starve, wait for the people to weaken. Then they would go in and just take the city without any kind of battle. And uh, it was a, a very uh, slow and, and painful uh, process. And uh, that's what was happening in 2 Kings chapter 7. And um, the city of Samaria, Samaria had been cut off. And between the city and the enemy that was surrounding the city, four leprous men were kind of caught between. Probably they had been kicked out of the city because of their disease. Now, leprosy is a terrible disease. If you know anything about it, um, the blood stops flowing to the extremities of the body. Fingers, nose, ears, um, toes, feet um, begin to die and decay right on the body of a living person. It's a horrible, horrible disease, but was a very prevalent uh, disease back in that day and very contagious, and so... Uh, the people who were lepers were isolated. So the lepers are between the enemy and the city, and uh, they're having a conversation. They're very, very hungry, of course. They want something to eat. So they're having a conversation about what to do about their situation. There's a decision that has to be made. Um, I kind of, when I was reading this, I thought about the economy. They, you talk about a bad economy, they were in a bad economy. And... Uh, And so they they asked themselves a question. And let's put that question up there. 2 Kings 7 3. It says, Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. Go to the next slide. And it says, We will starve if we stay here. And. We will starve if we go back. I think that is significant for us. As we face another time in our history in the last 20 years where we are at that Y in the road. We can exit now, we can go to the left and make a U-turn and kinda go back, and I can tell you some churches that did that. I can tell you some churches that I know of some you may know of, that at one time were willing to take risks. Because you don't need faith if you're not going to risk. You don't need faith. But they were willing to take risk As long as they were willing to take risk and, and, and trust God and do God's will, their church boomed and moved forward and grew. And they testified of great miracles happening in their midst. But I know churches that for some reason, they decided to turn and kind of go back to where they had come from. And now those churches are only a shell of what they were when God was in their midst. We're right there, we're at that place. We can, we can, go, we can go back, we can stay here, we can exit, we can say this is good enough. We can start comparing ourselves to other churches and say it's just good enough, we've gone far enough. But i got to tell you something. I'm going to be really honest with you. If this church decided, and I'm not saying this as any kind of threat or anything, I I can't pastor a church like that. I'm not made out of that kind of stuff. i got to tell you something. In my time as a pastor, I've tried to put it in neutral several times and just go, let's just put it in neutral, cruise, you know, let's just cruise. I can't. God won't let me do it. God is always, I always feel his hand on my back pushing me, take back more. Take back more. The enemy's stolen so much, Pharaoh. Take back more. Lead the church to take back more. I feel his hand on my back. He won't let me just chill. He won't let me just sit back and go, can we just relax for a while? He just won't let me do it. That day's coming. It'll be in heaven, but not now. Not now. God is pressing us to go forward. So, It was when when these four lepers decided to risk that God moved in their life. Now, let me tell you what they did. They looked at each other and said, if we stay here, we're going to starve. If we go back to the city, we're going to starve. There's no food in the city. There's no food right here where we are. So all we can do is just go right toward the enemy's camp. And if the enemy kills us, then they kill us. I mean, we haven't really lost anything, but that's the only place there's food. So let's go where the food is right there in that story, and you can read it. Not now I'm preaching, but you can read it when you get home. And they started dragging themselves. I mean, they're lepers. They started dragging themselves to the enemy's camp. Well, you would think, well, they're doomed. They've had it, except God honored their risk. God honored their faith. God honored them moving forward, even though everything around them said, you just better just stay where you are. Or you better just try to go back to the city and see if you can find something there. Go back. But they press forward to the enemy's camp. Look what happened. The Bible says, now this is four guys dragging themselves through the desert sand. The Bible says God calls the enemy to hear chariot wheels. Now it was just four leprous guys, but God caused the enemy to hear chariot. Chariot wheels just rolling and thundering, and, and maybe horses' hooves. And they heard, they heard this noise and they shouted and said, Oh, Samaria has hired an army against us. And maybe there was dust, you know, and all it was was these four guys. But God caused the enemy to see much more than those four lepers, God caused the enemy to see his mighty hand. And when God saw, caused the enemy to see his mighty hand, you know what the enemy did? They, whatever they were doing, they just dropped it and ran. And those lepers come dragging into camp. I mean, that's a hilarious scene right there. They come dragging into camp and they go... This is awesome. <laughs> There's nobody here. And the Bible says they ate and they gathered jewels and gold and they went out and buried some so they'd ha- know where that was later. And they came back and ate some more. Sounds like, uh, sounds like this church, doesn't it? And then they went and buried some stuff and they came back and, and then they were sitting there and they were enjoying all these blessings. And, and you know what they said? They said, this isn't right. Samaria starving. We must go tell them. And those lepers who had actually been kicked out of Samaria by the Samaritans went back and gave them the news. And there's much more in this story. I'm just giving you the highlights. And the city of Samaria came and found all of the goods of the enemy that had been stored up for the righteous. And they took and they fed and they took care of themselves and they had their needs met. So... I kind of think we're there. We can go back, we can forget about the future. We can do what a lot of churches do that I am in conversation with and talk about what God used to do at Whitley and back when God really was moving and back when we really had that great kids ministry. I know churches today in our community and all they can talk about is there was a time remember when? I don't want to be a church like that. I want to be a church that's talking about what God's doing right now and what God is going to be doing in the future. So we're at that fork in the road. Um, Let me give you some figures. Um, I want to show you our current debt. Our current debt's $800,000. And let me just say this, if anybody wants to write a check for that today, God bless you. We'll receive that and and uh, we hang your picture in the foyer. All right. <laughs> so when you, I, I think the property we're on here is is probably worth somewhere between two and three million dollars. That's not bad when you when that's all you owe and you're on a piece of property that's worth uh, between two and three million dollars. So let's go to the next slide. Our next project is three million six hundred thousand dollars. Yay, yay. Um, So the bank's going to finance $4,400,000. Yay. (laughs) Y'all all all right? Everybody all right? How many of (laughs) y'all? And so I said no. (laughs) Um, Now that's just the building. We got to have, you know, you need stuff in the building. Did y'all want to have like chairs? So that's called soft cost. Video, sound, all that coffee shop, we got to have that. I mean, we might build the coffee shop, not even build the church, but that, we're going to have the coffee shop. So let's go to the next slide. There's our, there's our soft cost, $670,000. So you can see what the bank's going to finance, what we got to come up with, guys. So right there we are, right there we are, okay? And, um, and that's what God's calling us to do. And I know that's a lot, but can I tell you something? It will be easier for this church now to do that than it was for that church over there to come here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The challenge of us over there coming here was a bigger challenge than what that's going to be for the current church we have and the current congregation we have. So, you on board with me? Are you? You know what I want you to do? I want you to stand up if you're on board with me. We're not voting here. I just want, to, Pastor, I'm with the vision. I believe in what God at Whitley Church is doing. Now, now, let me tell you what we're going to do. We are going to start a Saturday night service here at Whitley Church, Easter weekend. Now, the reason we have to do that is because, guys, we can't grow here anymore. We're maxed out in both services. How many of you know if we're gonna pay that right there, we gotta grow some more? We gotta grow some more. And God's gonna send us somebody who has some moldy money. You know what I'm talking? You know what I'm talking about? Some moldy money that's been up in the attic a long time and they don't think they're gonna give it to us, and he's gonna make them give it to us. Matter of fact, that person might already be right here, right now. And if you want to bust open a bale of that old moldy money, we'll freshen it up for you, I guarantee you, right now. So, guys, uh, I think there's one more slide. Let, let's show one more slide. Uh, that's our total income for 2010. One more. There, there is what we did not spend last year. That's what was left over at the end of 2010 that you, we didn't even spend. And let me tell you, uh, Ricky Lancaster will tell you, we were spending it just as hard as we could. And and what I want you to know is we're healthy financially. We're healthy. And, And if we'll keep giving at the rate we're giving, and if some of you haven't quite bought in, we'll go ahead and buy in and believe in this church for your children and your children's children. There is no reason why we can't build this building that we want to build and pay that thing off early and just move on. And get the bridge going. I got a feeling there's going to be a, ch- a church in Goldsboro called The Bridge that's going to be about as big as the main campus eventually. And in Smithfield. And, and uh, you say, but pastor the economy. You know what I found out about that? I found out that people actually turn to God in a bad economy. That They turn to God because they don't have all, all this stuff that takes care of them. So they go, you know what? Maybe God needs to take care of me instead of me. And so they turn to God. So I'm expecting a great revival in the the months and years to come, a great revival. And and so so these are the figures I wanted you to see. So so we're going to start that service on Saturday night. Now here's what I need some of you to do. I need some of you guys to come on Saturday night. And let's open up some seats um, on Sunday morning because we're packed out. What we're hoping for is that on Saturday nights, we will have about 300 people on Saturday night, and that'll open up the two services on Sunday morning for more people to come. More people who are unchurched are are probably gonna come on uh, a Sunday morning, and so we wanna open those seats up. So we're asking for some sacrifice from you. You say, boy, Pastor, you're asking a lot. You want me to change services? You want me to give more money? Yep. (laughs) Because we're all in this together, we're all in this together. Now, let me tell you what the bridge is going to do. Pastor Jeremy spoke to them and has led the bridge. They're going to cancel their Saturday night service, and they're going to come over here with us on Saturday night. Okay? And, and they're going to help us. But we've got to have you guys step up and volunteer. We've got to have volunteers for that Saturday night. We've got to have kids ministry. We're going to have 412. We're going to have 412 on Saturday night. So those of you who are concerned about that and your kid's missing 412, um, if you usually come to the second service, we're gonna have that on Saturday night. And uh, the bridge said, you know what, Pastor? If, if, if us leaving our church here in Goldsboro and going over to the main campus for a year while we build this building so, so both churches can continue to grow, then we'll be willing to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. Um, I don't know, how many surveys came in, Pastor? 166, we took a survey, 166, four people said they wouldn't be able to come on Saturday night out of 166. The rest of them said, if I need to go on Saturday night over to Willie Church, I'm willing to go. Now see, that kind of cooperation, that kind of buying into the vision, that's what gets it done right there. That's what gets it done. So I'm going to ask the deacons if they will to come, all the deacons who are here, if you guys will step out from where you are and come this morning, just join me right up here on the stage. All you guys just come right on up and we're going to close here. Let's give our deacons a hand as they're coming up. Know you guys may not have met our deacons. I don't know. Um, Mike Poole, right here, Mike Poole, and uh, you know, his uh, his uh, beautiful wife that leads our choir, Leanne, and uh, and um, we just love her. Guys, won't you just, why don't you just give them your name? Just go right down the line here, Brian Howell, James Jamie Sanders, Rob Mitchell, Rob Mitchell, Rob Mitchell Ray, Whitted, Ray Whitted, Ricky Lancaster, Sidney Grant. Sydney Grant Jim Gillikins, our executive administrator, and uh, Jim uh, works uh, with these guys very closely, closer than I do, and uh, they they figure out where we're going and kind of how we're going to get there, and they say, Pastor, what's your vision? What do you want us to do? Where is God telling you to lead our church? I go in and share my vision, and then they sit down and go, how can we make this happen? And I got to tell you, man, it's, it's, so, so many churches, so many pastors wish they had the system we have here at Whitley Church, and I just thank God for it. Are you glad we don't have a, a quarterly business meetings? Are y'all glad about that? <laughs> Amen. These guys are getting it done. These guys are getting it done. So I want you to stretch your hand toward them, will you? Just stretch your hand right toward our deacons. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the Whitley Church deacon board, and we lift them up, God, as they... Um, Take care of the business of the church. There is business. There is finance. You talk about it in your word. It's obvious that this is an essential part of the church. It is not an unspiritual part of the church. It is just as spiritual as any other part of our church. It is just a component of spiritual health. And I thank you for these men. And God, as they look at these numbers up here on the screen, uh, I'm sure they're saying, God, we're counting on you. And I thank you, Lord, that they didn't look at me and go, Pastor, we can't afford this. There's no way we can do this. So you're just going to have to, uh, you know, just uh, ride it out where you are for a while. But they said, you know, Pastor, God's always took care of us. God's always met our need. And we know God's going to meet our need this time. So we we ask you to give these men wisdom. Give these men wisdom, give them guidance, give them understanding, give them faith, give them light, God. All of us who are on the staff and all of us who are on uh, 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 the executive leadership team of the church, Father, we so desperately need you. We so, this is not Pharaoh Hardison's church, it's not this deacon Board's church, it's not the staff's church, it's not the members, it's your church. And Lord, if you tarry, if you do not come back as soon as we think you are, other men will be on the deacon board and other men will pastor and other people will serve on the staff, but right now it's us. And so we look to you, God. Our eyes are on you and we ask you, Father, uh, to grant us all that we need to do your will in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Now the deacon board is gonna stretch their hand toward you and we're gonna pray for you. Father, we lift up our church These numbers are staggering, Lord, as we look at it in light of our lives, and we look at it in light of the world and the way the world would view it. These numbers are outside of our um, world that we live in, God. But Lord, we've faced this many times as a church. We've faced this so many times, And every time we have faced it, God, we have chosen to do your will. And you've always kept your promise. Matter of fact, you didn't just keep your promise. You went beyond your promise. We were able to pay things off early. And, and we were able to not just get by, but we were able to thrive. Even when people said, there's no way you can thrive, there's no way uh, you can do that. There's no way a, a church of 300 people can relocate and build a $1 million facility. And God, we did it by your power. And God, we know that this next level that you're going to take us to, God, we know the challenge looks bigger, but God we believe that this is going to be actually um, more doable than it was when we moved to this property. So Father, we trust you. Our eyes are on you. Give our people faith. The people who've been coming to Whitley but they haven't quite bought into everything yet, Father, speak to their heart. We need them. We need them on board. We need them taking ownership. We need them saying, what's my responsibility? What's my part in this? What's my role in this? I can't just sit on the outside and watch while God blesses others. I want to be involved. I want to be a part. God, speak to my heart. Would you ask God right now? You say, I don't know how I feel about all this, Pastor. Well, why don't you just ask God to speak to you? And if you, and just open yourself up and say, God, if this is your will, if this is right, I've heard what my pastor's saying. I've heard what my deacon board's saying. But Lord, I want to hear from you. Just tell him that. Just say, God, I want to hear from you on this. Is this where you want my family? Is this where you want me to tithe? Is this where you want me to serve? Is this where you want me to be in church? And then whatever God tells you, you do what he said. Just do what he said. Father, we dedicate our church to you. We dedicate our future to you. We dedicate every financial obligation we have to you. We dedicate our ministries to you. We dedicate our missions to you as we support those around the world preaching the gospel. We dedicate our service to you, O God, as we try to win men and women and boys and girls to Jesus. Father, we desperately need your hand on us. We cannot do it without you. It is for your glory. We pray and ask all these things and everyone said together. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you all so much for coming today. God bless you.